Queer Happenings, Chapter 7, Enter the League The three people who stood between a panic-stricken Ramon and the safe embrace of her car were unlike any people she had seen before. They were, it bears repeating, exceptionally strange. I'm Herb, said the one on the left in a cheerful voice. He was the shortest one, in the most extreme sense of the superlative. He stood no higher than, Ramon, than Ramon's thighs and stared up at her through colossal, darkened spectacles that covered well over half of his tiny, round head. He wore an orange puffer jacket that was zipped all the way up to his chin. Who? I'm Herb, said the one in the middle, the tallest one by far. Her face was not on show, rather it was hidden by a waterfall of grey-green hair which fell all the way down to her knees. Two hints of green shone out from behind them, and these were probably her eyes, but it was difficult to tell. What? I'm Herb, said the one on the right in a voice that could break bricks. Their eyebrows shot down so severely as to be almost vertical, terminating in pinprick eyes that stared daggers permanently. Their outfit was a simple grey jumpsuit. And together they said, we come from the League of Antediluvian Inquiry. We are to take you to our master. Stunned, Ramon stood still and said nothing. Her mind was still in the heights of panic, and she had not been prepared for the appearance of these strangers from the League of Whatever. She just needed to get home, to recover, and then she would be happy to take them up on their offer, and she said as much. You are to come with us now. There is little time for delay, the angry one on the right said, avoiding eye contact. I'm sorry, but would it help, said the chip one to his companions, if we told her who our boss was? Definitely, said the central one from behind her locks of hair. Who's your boss then? Priscilla A. They said together, and the happy one added, She is happy with the job you have done for her and our organisation and wishes to pay you immediately, if you would follow us. Ramon was tired, anxious and confused, and despite all of that, a part of her was intrigued by this development. Maybe this league would give her answers about the mysteries of Hillvale, or maybe they were just as in the dark as she was. Either way, it promised to be an interesting twist in the adventure. How long will it take? she asked. Only an hour or so, said the happy one, who Ramon thought was the leader of the herbs. More likely a couple of hours, said the angry one. The quiet one said nothing. And you'll bring me back here after that? Yes, of course, no doubt about that. Okay, I'll just call my mum to let her know and then I'll follow. You're not going to kill me or anything, are you? Rowan was sure that these lots were safe. They had known Priscilla's name, after all, and they were strange and strange people were often kind. But she thought it good to check. She had learned early in her life that a woman like her should always be on the lookout for danger. No, we won't kill you, said the angry one, and Ramon thought that was probably the most menacing way they could have answered. Herb, be nicer, we're totally safe, said the happy one, smiling. Indeed, said the quiet one. A few minutes later and Ramon was on her way. She had called Rose to tell her that she was almost ready to come back, but a few things had come up. Bumped into some fellow investigators, she had said, because she did not have the time to explain what she did not know. And then she had followed the three herbs to their car, around the side of the Hillvale rubble. The car was a short, blocky black thing, and Ramon thought that maybe the angry one owned it. It had been the angry one who had told her rather gruffly to get into the damn car because she wasted too much time already, and that was how she found herself squished between the happy one and the quiet one in the small back seats as the angry one drove up front. Elvis Presley's hound dog played quietly from the radio. Ramon was not a good socialite at the best of times, but as she found herself crushed between two of these strangers, there was really little else she could do but talk. Besides, talking sometimes helped with a panic. Whilst her anxiety attack had all but abated during this strange turn of events, she knew the hours after one were always fraught. So, she said, where are we going? Quiet for a moment, and then the small one whispered, 
to see Priscilla A. Well, I know that, but where is she? Who is she, for that matter? We're going to the League headquarters, but really, it's all a bit complicated, and she'll explain it better than us. Where are the headquarters? She pressed. Uh, Trapwich. Things were quiet, quiet for a little longer, until Ramon tried conversation again. This time, something she thought might interest them. I just saw a saber-toothed tiger, she said. In the house, the angry one said from the driver's seat. Yes, it was the ghost that Priscilla had hired me to get rid of. Never seen a ghost like that before. How old was it? I don't know, really. Millions of years, I guess. I've sent it home now, poor thing. Any distinguishing features? Uh, what colour was it? I don't know, sorry. Uh, don't be so brash. Chastised the happy one. We'll get the answers soon enough. That had certainly got their attention, she thought. That shouldn't be a surprise, really. They are called the League of Antediluvian Inquiry. If she had to guess, she would say they were in, that, that, that they were enthusiasts of the prehistoric. They drove in silence for the rest of the journey, about 20 minutes because it was raining and the traffic was bad. Ramon felt her panic subside even more in that time, and she barely thought about her job or her future or how close she had come to death in that strange cave. All she could think about was what might happen next. Maybe she would just get paid and sent on her way, but she thought that much more was going on than met the eye. The car pulled up in the car park for Dratwich Premier Inn, a large complex that Ramon thought looked like a school science block. Large, brick and soulless. Is this the HQ? She laughed. Yes, the three of them said together, and Ramon realised she might have insulted them by laughing. The League of Antediluvian Inquiry couldn't have had much money, so it was no surprise that they met in a hotel. After a brief walk across the hotel car park, she found herself being ushered into a lobby area, decorated in the trademark purple drapery of a premier inn. A large sign welcomed her to Dratwich's fav favourite living and dining experience, which was a rather pleasant way of saying hotel, she thought, and she was told to sit on a large white and purple sofa. Apart from the frail receptionist who had greeted them as they walked in, they were the only four in the waiting room. Dratwich did not know what it was missing, Ramona thought. Suddenly, the three herbs became quite animated and started glancing at Ramon again, so it was clear that something was about to happen, and, sure enough, the tap-tap of heels on wood told her that someone new was coming around the corner. No doubt the mysterious Priscilla A, she thought, the woman who wrote in letters and spoke in certainties. Ramon predicted an uptight sort of woman, who spoke in the Queen's English and nothing short of it. She was mistaken, as is often the case with assumptions. Priscilla A, for that is who it was, was a loud woman, in every sense of the word. Her erratically covered coloured clothes shimmered like a rainbow in flux, from her green bonnet and orange earrings to her blue and purple dress and ruby-coloured Dorothy heels. Inside of this vortex of colour resided a severe woman, whose rouge face boasted a lifetime of frowns and good meals. She looked like the kind of crazy aunt who existed only in books. Ramon, Ramon, you've done what we asked. Her voice boomed in the same assertive manner as the letter had been written. This was a woman who was used to being right, she strode over to the sofa and sat down next to Ramon, nearly squashing the tiny herb. Good. And she clasped Ramon's hand in her own and shook. It's my job, ma'am, and, and it was my pleasure. It was, it was great fun. She had never called anyone ma'am before in conversation, but Priscilla A looked like the kind of woman one should call ma'am. Good, good. You can tell us about it in time. First, we'll go and settle into room six, though, and we can debrief there. Oh, I'm, I'm not staying over, Ramon added. Just here to pick up the payment and maybe have a quick chat. I know. Room 6 is our headquarters. Didn't you tell her that? She addressed this latter to the herbs, who shook their heads solemnly, and she turned back to Ramon. You may stay if you want to. We have much to discuss, and you may find that asleep in one of the establishment's luxury beds to your liking. Was this woman a salesperson for the Premier Inn? Ramon tried not to laugh at that. She felt like she was back at school when in Priscilla's presence. 
That sounds lovely, but if it's all the same to you, I promise my mother I'd be home soon. It is not all the same to me. She, she shook her red head and her green hat waffled. It, it'll all make sense after we debrief, but we cannot do that here. Too many people are listening, she boomed. If you're in such a rush, you'll follow us now and we'll get down to business pronto. Priscilla practised launching herself back up and marched down the corridor from which she had arrived, with the herbs scuttling after her, and Ramon had no choice but to follow. She wondered if she had made a bad decision by coming here, but then reminded herself that she was just about to get paid, and these people could not change her mind about it. The insides of the hotel were just as bland as the waiting room. Purple and white streaks coated every inch of the walls and carpet, merging everything into similarity, and so Ramon was really not sure how many corners she had passed or corridors she had been marched through by the time they arrived at room six. Maybe the door will open, and there'll be a haunted swarm of bees like in The Shining, she thought. No such luck. The room was as soulless as the rest of the place, completely square with nothing but a large bed, granted it looked comfortable, and a wonky TV set plugged into the wall. On one side of the room was a window looking out onto the carpet, and below that there was a desk with a tea set on top. Pure class, Ramon thought. So what was it you wanted to say, she asked, hoping it would hurry things along. Give us the book, please. Sorry? The book, the one in your pocket, The Thirteen Problems, formerly The Tuesday Murder Club. Ramon reached into her pocket and took out the battered and ancient tome that she had found in the bottom of the strange cave, the only thing she had taken from the ruins. This? What do you want with it? As she took it out, the herbs sitting on the bed behind her started to murmur excitedly. Priscilla ignored the question and said, if you could hand it over, we can sort out your payment. Ramon did so, hoping that Priscilla would explain what was going on soon. How much do you want for it? Our funds are a bit low, so we can pay you anything up to 1,000 before we are utterly skint. Oh, well, I don't need that much. 100 would do. Ramon had never been very comfortable around money, and haggling was not her strong suit. She suspected it would have to get, she would have to get better at that if she was going to make this her full-time job. Priscilla magicked a wad of cash from her pocket and unceremoniously leafed out two fifties and handed them to Ramon. Done and done. Now, down to business. We have another job for you. It took a moment for Ramon to process all that. Priscilla moved so fast. And a new job? That had been unexpected, but then she was learning that everything about Priscilla and this league was just that. What kind of job? she asked, and then added, to lighten the mood, I hope it'll be less dangerous than the last one. It is not less dangerous, it is in fact far more dangerous. I have heard, or will hear, I forget, that you encountered a prehistoric beast at Hillvale. You will encounter far worse where we are sending you. Of that, I am certain. You do not have to accept, but we would prefer if you did. Sorry, can we backtrack a bit? What's going on here? Priscilla looked carefully at Ramon, the strange paranormal investigator she had sourced in the yellow pages, and considered what to tell her. Ramon had a soft, caring face, and Priscilla thought that made her trustworthy. But she had learnt there was trustworthy, and then there was trustworthy. She would have to learn more about this woman before she revealed the secrets of the League. A lot is going on here, too much to explain right now. All you need to know is that we need two things from you. You got one of them, that's this book here, and we need one more, which is the second job I am offering. What do you want with this old book? That's not important right now. And if you wanted me to find the book, why did the letter only ask me to purge the haunting? We did need the Hillvale haunting cleared up, for we hope to move into the house when we come into some money. But you're right that this was not the main reason we sent you. I knew you would respond better to the promise of a ghost than a menial task to pick up this book. And you couldn't have done that yourself, Ramon was getting annoyed slightly. Maybe it was her fatigue, but these people were messing her around, and after the day she had had she was not in the mood. You had the skills, and you were expendable. Expendable. 
That's what everyone seemed to think of her these days. Great, she said. Well, if that's what you think of me, I'll just take my money and go. She had already reached the door when Priscilla said, It's not just a book. Ramon turned around, pleased that her bluff had got her some answers. People say books are like doorways into other worlds, Priscilla explained. Well, this book, specifically this copy of this book, is literally a doorway into another world. It's been created to send one back to a specific time, and it's a time in which the League is especially interested. The origin of Earth? Antediluvian kind of gives it away, Ramon said. I'm afraid I cannot confirm that, but I can tell you that we need a key to open this doorway, and that is what we are asking you to find. The key is in Loch Ness. Ramona laughed. Loch Ness, the cheek of these people, calling her expendable and hoping her to travel as far away as Scotland? I'm afraid that's just too far for me. I'm, I'd be interested in hearing more about... You will hear more about the origins of the universe if you look for what we ask of you in Loch Ness. You'll have a week and we will give you the rest of our funds, £800 to find it. The reward will interest you immensely. I know it. Ramon leant against the wall and thought. Loch Ness. Sent to Loch Ness by a group of strangers to find a strange key which will open an Agatha Christie book to the start of time. It was ridiculous. Absurd. Yet just the kind of crazy she spent her life pursuing. The supernatural interested her only insofar as it provided a window onto the alternative and let her live a life outside the social norms that had constrained her for so long. She found searching for historical untruths and spurious ghosts affirming in a way little else was. And here was an opportunity to pursue that crazy, insane, authentic life for a week, all expenses paid. And Loch Ness, the home of the cryptozoological beast that had interested her so much as a child. And what Priscilla was saying about the origins of the universe. She was right. It did tantalise her. The offer was completely, totally and utterly insane, but it was just what she had always wanted and just what she needed right now when her life was so completely on the rocks. She suddenly realised that she was going to say yes. Okay, she said. Tell me more. And Priscilla did. She told Ramon how the key which opened the doorway in the book was located near Urquhart Castle on the banks of Loch Ness, and that the key should be recognisable as a quill, though its shape could change. It was, technically, all the information that Ramon needed to know, but Priscilla found herself explaining more. Urquhart Castle, like Hillvale, is a cover for a research centre for the League. Both were set up by influential members of the organisation, Hillvale by Baroness Fury and Urquhart by Mr Monk. Of course, the castle existed for centuries prior to our exploits, but Monk and his cohort established an underground laboratory in the area in the 60s. The entrance is near the castle, but the lab itself is nestled under the lock. It was a complicated procedure, but we could not build anywhere else, you see. These locations were of key interest. Priscilla looked to the herbs, perhaps considering how much more she could tell. Fury and Monk, Hillvale and Urquhart were working together on a project that came closer than any of our members in many centuries of our history to achieving our ultimate goal. Alas, at their moment of triumph all went awry and their creations were endangered. Was that by any chance to do with the earthquake at Hillvale? Ramon asked. It was, it was. You'll find that a similar occurrence happened at Urquhart around the same time. The forces with which we, they were experimenting refused to be contained and destroyed the laboratories, though luckily, as we have recently found out, their creations survived. Namely, the doorway and the key. The League is closer than ever to achieving what we set out to do centuries ago, but we are too short on number and in skill to find that which we need. That is why we need you. Are you all that is left of the League? Priscilla sighed, and looking over at the herbs, Ramon 
saw that each of them hung their head in sadness. We are. After the 70s cataclysm, we lost all respectability and only a few of us remained and we hardly got any new recruits. Only these three in 50 years, she gestured at the forlorn herbs. It's just us four now, fighting the good fight. The brash, colourful assertiveness had all but drained from Priscilla A and she now looked like a sad, grey cloud. Ramon knew that they were telling the truth. And what is the good fight? She pushed gently for more answers. Do you just want to explore the beginnings of the earth? No, no, it's more than that, far more. But we are sworn to secrecy. You are right that we will travel back to the beginnings of earth, of life itself, but we cannot tell you why. Believe us, Ramon, Ramon, that our purpose is a noble one. We want only safety and for life to flourish. Ramon looked into Priscilla's sad eyes and believed her. This woman had devoted her life to the League, and the sincerity in her words told Ramon that she craved nothing bad, nothing evil. She just wanted to achieve her aim, and Ramon understood that. I'll go, she said, and found that she meant it. More, she found that she was already excited. The herbs let out a cheer, and the colour instantly flooded back into Priscilla, who stood upright once again. Fantastic, I knew you would. I've written down the necessary information in case you forget it. She passed a folder to Ramon, and then shoved her wad of cash into her arms. And here's the money. Use it for travel, food, that kind of thing. And one more thing. She dashed around the other side of the bed, and lifted up a rucksack that was positively bulging at the seams. We've put some supplies together for you. Ramon smiled, put the money in her back pocket, and took the supplies. This is very kind, thank you. This should do me good. Yes, yes. Will you be setting off now, Ben? Ramon was a bit startled by the haste with which Priscilla had switched from morning league member to bustling boss. If you could drive me back to my car, I've got a few things to sort out before I go. I'll set off tomorrow morning, though. Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday. Oh. She had been in Hillvale longer than she knew. And that's fine, but be quick about it. Be back the Tuesday after with the key, and we'll show you that it has all been worthwhile. Priscilla smiled a motherly smile, and thought of the future that awaited her. Or rather, the past. I think that's a fantastic idea, dear. Just what you needed. I'm glad you think so, Mum. As I say, it's just been a week, but it might help me sort out what I want to do after. Ramon had known her mother would be enthusiastic. She always was. In fact, she was surprised Rose had not asked to come along. But then Loch Ness was a long way even for her. Definitely. And whatever decision you make will be the right one for you. Trust your gut, Ramon. You always have. Rose smiled at her daughter across the dinner table. The angry herb had driven Ramon back to her car at Hillvale, which she had then driven back to her own house to pick up a change of clothes and say goodbye to Mandy. Scotland, lass, you're in for a treat. From there, she had driven to her mother's house, where she would stay overnight before catching the nine o'clock train to Edinburgh, and a coach from there to the lock. She and her mother were now hashing out the details of her journey over a vegetable lasagna. Where do you think you're going to stay? You haven't got long to book a hotel. Or is there a caravan park near the lock? I was thinking of camping. Mandy lent me her two-person tent, which I should be able to set up at the camping site nearby. Rose laughed and said, You always go all in on these things, Ramon. Camping for a week, goodness me. You know, I once went camping in Somerset with a boy I met at work. Two hours we survived, and then we had an argument about what kind of beans we were going to eat, and he upped sticks and left. What did you do? Stayed on for the week, made some good friends. You must make sure to do that, so you're not alone out there. Camping sites can be strange places. I will do, Mum. I'm sure I'll meet some interesting people. She took a bite of the lasagna and smiled, soaking in this homely atmosphere she knew she would miss for the next week. Maybe I'll even see the monster. Well, after what you told me about this league and that house, I wouldn't be half surprised. Make sure you do catch it on camera if you do. We can make some money from that. The two of them laughed and the dinner continued. They joked about Ramon's career chasing ghosts and about Rose's strange customers in the shop where she worked. 
They talked about what was on TV that night and what food would be like at the campsite and did not once talk about the future or the uncertainties it held. That night, after the meal and the come dine with me, Ramon slept better than she had in years. She had no nightmares about Hillvale, nor any anxiety dreams about Urquhart. All was peaceful. And that was nice. And so concludes part one of Queer Happenings. But don't worry, it's part one of three. I hope you enjoy these first seven chapters, and next Monday, I believe, shall be chapter eight, which is the first chapter of part two, when we finally get to visit Loch Ness, which is my favourite place, and funnily enough, Ramon's favourite place. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the chapter. Be sure to email me at queerhappenings at yahoo.com, just to say hi. Um, or you can check us out on Instagram at queerhappeningsinvestigations, though my Instagram is a bit broken at the moment, so not much posting to go on there. Or alternatively, you could hang out on Twitter at Josh GM Black, which is my personal handle. So yeah, have a nice day. Hope you enjoyed and see you around.